0: Welcome everybody, I'm Chris Miller, author of the number one best-selling book, Ready for pre Tirement. Three Secrets for Safe Money and a Fabulous Future. I'm so honored to be the host of this show called Ready, Set, Retire. But I think I'm going to change the word retire to refire because I think once you get halfway through your life, you're going to just go ahead and start all over again. You know, a lot of people are really concerned about whether or not they're going to have enough money to pay the bills, let alone it, to even retire. But in this show, your vision's going to be transformed, and I will show you how to have safe money and a fabulous future. I've counseled thousands of individuals, businesses, and families over the past 20-plus years and proud to say, I've never lost a dollar of my client's money. Now, this is a very big subject, and because there's so much to this, I invite some amazing guests to come to my show to share what you need to know about pre-retirement. What's pre-retirement? Plan retirement early so your money, your health, and your peace of mind is there when you need it. You know, when you come to unclaimed property... Consumer advocate Mary Pittman believes that no one should have to pay a ransom to get their own money. Her passion for teaching people how to find missing money began when she helped a coworker avoid pay- paying a finder who wanted a fee of twenty one hundred dollars to help her get her money. From that experience, Mary compiled dozens of search tips and additional sor- sources for unclaimed property into the little book of missing money. A Quick and Easy Guide to Finding Money that is Rightfully Yours. The third edition was released April 2014. And Mary has appeared on America's Money class with Suzy Orman, Good Morning America, AARP, CCN Money, and plus dozens of radio shows and other media. So when she speaks to groups, most of the time... She finds money for the host organization. Gee, maybe you're going to find me some money today, too, Mary. So glad to have you on our show. Thank you so much for having me, Chris. I'm really excited to talk to you. That's wonderful. I think I think that's such a... What a wonderful service you provide for people. This, it's, it's curious to me how
1: a nurse came to write a book on missing money. Well, it's really funny because... One of the nurses I worked with told me about this whole concept of unclaimed property and missing money. And I kind of rolled my eyes and tossed my hair because I was smarter than she was and said, Oh, God, you're so gullible. I'm going to go to this and show you where the scam is. And I'm there very much in a place of ego. And I found two listings for my father, who died in 2001 indigent. And I looked at it, and I thought, well, there you go. That could just goes to show you it's a scam. Why would they put somebody on there who was indigent?
0: Mm-hmm. How did they know he
1: was indigent? How they know I'd be looking? Maybe this is real. Maybe I have money. Well, sure enough, I did. I filled out the appropriate paperwork. And when there's a death involved, there's a little bit more. I had to include a certified copy of his death certificate, a certified copy of my birth certificate, a copy of my driver's license, and the state of Florida didn't ask for it, but knowing the state of Florida as I do, I knew that if I didn't include a copy of my marriage license to show my name change, that they would deny the claim, so I included that. And about five weeks later, I had a check in my hand for over $2,500. I became a believer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's great, really. So your, your third edition of the book just came out and does the unclaimed
1: property information really change that often? Not really. The reason that I do um, subsequent additions is because I get Google alerts on anything for unclaimed property or missing money and I keep coming up, keep coming across new sources for unclaimed property where people can, can claim money. It's not like the late night infomercial of, the government wants to give you money. This is money with specific people's names on it that belongs to them. And when I get when I get several of them together, I make a new edition. So it was time for another edition. Wow. So what kind of money are, are we talking about with all of this
0: unclean money?
1: Oh, there's lots of it, and not all of it goes to the state sites. Uh, federal money, for instance, does not get turned over but we're talking about uh, savings accounts, refunds, rebates, credit balances, utility deposits, life insurance policies, um, stocks. Stocks tend to be the high dollar amount. Um, Compensation funds, oil and mineral rights, um, um, gift cards. Some states will take gift card balances, which to me is just a money grab because it's really hard to find it then. Um, there's just an endless list.
0: Wow. So is it, is it all of this money on the state? Is it just the state all of a sudden just consumes it in the unclaimed property sites, or how do they do that? Well, the
1: state holds the majority of the money. The state holds $41.7 billion. Federal money, such as the 40 million savings bonds that have matured and have stopped earning interest, That's held by the Treasury Department. That estimated value is $16 billion. The Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation is another place. It's another federal agency that does not turn the money over to the state. They have almost uh, $300 million in forgotten pensions. And some of these pensions are from bankrupt companies, such as Mm. Enron and Eastern Airlines. Those two come to mind immediately. Um, So it's definitely worth a search there. And you can search by name, by the name of the company, or by state. And they have one listing alone for $700,000. Now, if that person is deceased, the legal heirs can likely file a claim for that.
0: Wow. So basically, then, there's one location
1: that everybody's going to go to
0: to find this? Or is it a lot of research? You've got to go through a whole bunch of
1: jumps. That's, That's the whole reason... Um, I did my book because there's so many different places that you can search. For for the state sites, there's generally one site that um, you can go to and then look up any state that you've lived in. And with women, don't forget to look up your maiden name and don't forget to look up deceased relatives, whether you're male or female. There's a lot of money out there for the dearly departed. The site that you would go to is unclaimed.org. Just two words. If you put in anything more than that, it's going to take you to a paid site, and people should never, ever pay for an online search. If you go to the state site, it's free to search and free to claim. I'm a big proponent that that people should not have to pay to get their money. It belongs to them. Right. So it just
0: it probably seems overwhelming, but you know maybe. You know, you just told everybody about that site and um, so they don't have to pay for that. What can people do to prevent this?
1: That's one of my my big passions is trying to prevent this from happening. I would love to make my book obsolete. Just love it. Where people Mm -hmm. know what to do, it's simple things. For Mm -hmm. one thing, the biggest thing they can do is keep in contact with their accounts for example, on savings accounts or stocks, has some type of customer-initiated activity at least once a year. And by customer-initiated activity, that does not count that your savings account is earning interest. It's something where you, the customer, has reached out, you've logged in online, you've called to check on the balance. It doesn't matter that you know what the balance is. It matters that you take action. You put $5 in, take $5 out, something. do it at least once a year. Pick a day that's easy for you to remember to do it. I started National Find Your Missing Money Day as April sixteenth, uh, the day after your taxes are due, because I figured that would be a day people would likely be thinking, "Hmm, I need some more money."
0: <laughs>
1: Other things they can do is, if you've been current on your utility deposit on your utilities for at least a year, call and ask to have your deposit refunded. And if they tell you it happens automatically, ask them when and when you so you know when you can expect it and look for it. If they don't do it, then call them and and remind them. Another thing people can do is update your beneficiary contact information. That's really important. I mean, you have this policy to help your loved ones. Updating it now, you may find that the person is already deceased. It could be an ex-spouse or some other person that you don't want to have it. Or it could simply be that it is the right beneficiary, but they've moved. So do your part to make it easy for the insurance company to find the beneficiary and get the money to them. Make a list of your assets and leave it with somebody that you trust. Don't forget to include things like digital assets. And by that, I mean accounts that are only online, such as a PayPal account or an eBay store or iTunes credits, anything where there may be money left over. Um, Include your login name, and your password. And like I said, leave this with somebody that you trust. The important thing with that is remember to update it. And there are other types of digital assets that don't involve money, but that can be priceless, such as um, online photos. You don't want to leave those behind. Another thing to remember is when you're making your list of assets, don't forget to include your safe deposit box. Include not only that you have one, but the branch that, where it's located and where the keys are kept. Safe deposit boxes, if the rent isn't paid, they eventually get turned over to the state, and the state will sell anything of value that's in it. Things like love letters or a lock of baby's hair, those tend to get trashed. But then they hold the money from the sale of those things um, until the rightful owner or heir comes forward.
0: Wow. Wow. Boy, that's really fascinating. You know, I do estate planning. We we create we've created thousands of trusts for our clients. So that seems like a very important part. What you just said for everybody to do and make sure they have all of these things set up like that.
1: Yes, I actually have um, fifteen tips in the book. Um, I can keep going, but yeah, <laughs> I don't want to going. run out of time. For top, no, no, just... no. We have plenty of time.
0: We're, we we can keep going. We're we're actually our show here. So, okay. But so you can you can share as much as you like.
1: Okay. Cash every check as soon as you get it. In addition, make sure that um, that you get your final paycheck. Now that may sound like a no brainer, but here's the thing: if the last day that you work is the first day of the new pay period, you may have two checks coming to you instead of just one. In addition, some of the employers, if you have vacation time that they need to pay out, will write that as a separate check. So check with your employer before you leave and make sure of how that's going to happen. Do you go by and pick it up? Do they mail it to you? If they mail it to you, make sure they have your correct address. And while you're there, making sure with the Human Resources Department that they have your correct address. Make sure that the um, 401k administrator, if you have one or whatever retirement plan it is, has your current address. It's best if you're leaving that company to roll it over to the new company or to start your own IRA. In most cases, if it's just a rollover and you don't qualify by age for withdrawal, then there's usually no fee to just roll it over. And that way it stays with you. The problem is if you leave it behind, sometimes the company that handles it changes hands. If you move again, you tend to forget to notify those people. So it's very easy for the money to get lost.
0: Hmm. Yeah, good one. Boy, these are really, really great tips that you have for everybody here. How how would someone say, for example, how would I find out if a loved one had a life insurance policy? Well, there's
1: several things that you can do. For one thing, um, there's no centralized place that people can search. So it it's somewhat cumbersome. Um, uh, once again, this comes back to leave a list of your assets so that somebody knows or at least tell the beneficiary that the policy is there and who it's through. But some of the things you can do is if you can go back through their um, through their income taxes that they filed, look for an INT form uh, to see if there's any type of interest that was paid out through a policy. You can look for... Um, Payments to an insurance company, check with the person who does their their car insurance and see if they know of a life insurance policy. What came to light recently, and there was a um, multi-state lawsuit on this, was they found out that the life insurance companies were using the Social Security death master file to determine when an annuitant died, that is somebody they were making a monthly payment to, and they could stop making that payment. However, they were not using the very same database to determine when a policyholder died and they needed to make a payment to the beneficiary. So there was a multi-state lawsuit, millions of dollars in fines, and they have since changed their practices. Some of them are are kicking and screaming and dragging their feet, but the majority of them have changed their practice and will now at least quarterly, I think in most cases, um, run the names through through the Social Security death master file and see if their policyholders have died and if they need to make that payment to a beneficiary. I had a situation with that when I found the listing for my father. I had to call MetLife about something. And they said, well, we have a life insurance policy for Paulette White. That was my um, half-sister. I said, "Um, who do I have her contact and I gave her the information, and she was then able to get the policy to get the payout. I didn't ask her how much it was because it wasn't my business, but it was the same type of situation where they were waiting for her to come forward. And so many times in the past, people would get these life insurance policies and think, oh, they'll be surprised when I die. Well, the surprise is they don't know the policy is there. They don't know to look. <laughs>
0: Exactly. I have seen that so much that people really don't organize anything they have and they wait to the last minute and do their planning, and that's why I say pre retirement to start planning. Mm-hmm. Now this is so important that everybody, you have a list of what you have and where it is. And But then, you know, for example, when people start getting older, they totally are forgetting that they've even done these things. <laughs> you really right. want to do this right when your mind is working good. It's really, really something I've seen a lot, even in my own family. Now, my dad doesn't really remember some of the things that he was just so, uh, you know, on top of. So it's just really important to do this ahead of time. You know, you're so generous. I want to tell our listeners right now, again, you're listening to Ready, Set, Retire, and this is Chris Miller, your host, and my guest, Mary Pittman. She's sharing with us the little book of missing money, and today she's going to offer
1: a free chapter
0: of your first, of the book, right? Is that, yes.
1: And, and, and Find you're going to pay or not to pay because people should not have to pay, and in most cases you don't need to. But they do have a few little dashes uh, that they can go into that most people don't know about. One of them, one of the favorite ones, is through the clerk of court office, looking for foreclosures and tax deed sales. What people don't don't really know is that let's say your house got foreclosed, you were in it a long time and you had a lot of equity in it. And let's say you owed, I don't know, $110,000, but it sold for 150000 The difference between what it sold for and what you owed is yours. Now the problem comes, the check goes to the last known address, which is the house that got foreclosed. Wow. So then the check goes back to the clerk of court. This is public record. Like I said, people don't know about this. The money does not get turned over to the state. And the finders go through the public record and find these listings and have no problem whatsoever wanting a 50% fee to help them get this money.
0: Wow. Gee, this is a whole other little world going
1: on. <laughs> this is why I wrote the book. There's so much more than just the state sites. and. That's great. I am an absolute consumer advocate. I I'm will out, out the the finders <laughs> as best as I can. The irony of this is my book has been become kind of the go-to guide for them. <laughs> oh. <laughs> for for places to find money that other right. people won't. So right.
0: it's kind yeah. of a double-edged sword. <laughs> right. Well, what goes around comes around. Your your goodness will be rewarded for sure and <laughs> <laughs> and the bad guys will get theirs later. <laughs> well, yes, yeah. Yeah. indeed. The, um, for example, I had my purse stolen, and I had maybe three hundred dollars worth of gift cards from Macy's that got taken. And I tried to f- track that down, and they, no, there's no way it's gone. What about something like that? How do you how do you
1: find uh, the gift card balances? Um, now, gift cards. Some states, it varies by state as to who will take the balance. To me this is they say it's in the consumer interest. No it isn't. No it isn't. <coughs> excuse me. Here's how it works. Let's say um you buy a gift card for your granddaughter in Nebraska and you're in California. The laws <coughs> excuse me. The laws of California govern that gift card balance. Now you're Granddaughter, let's see, is a teenager, and that is one of the single most popular um, items for for teenagers. Gets a whole bunch of gift cards from a whole bunch of different people. Even with an expiration date, sometimes the balance goes to the state, but it goes to the state in which the gift card was bought. So she would have to keep track of which specific gift card came from which state. Mm -hmm. And then um, what those balances are. There's a website called. Um, I'm drawing a blank on it at the moment. It'll come to me in a second as soon as, <laughs> as soon as I. Uh, oh right. It's called Script Smart. S C R I P T S M A R T. All one word. Wait. Say, that, a site say that.
0: Say that again.
1: S C R I P T S M A R T. It's a site that rates gift cards but they also have, you can search gift card law, and it will give you the laws of the individual states as to whether or not they take it, and if so, when they take it. California does not take the gift card balance. And I included that information in my book in the um, in the section with the individual state information as to whether or not they take the gift card balance. Hmm.
0: Interesting. So you go to that... Grit Mart, right? And you can Skrit find out. S C
1: R I P T S M A R T. Huh. Okay. Interesting.
0: So, and how do you avoid paying a fee
1: to get your money? Well, um, the first thing to do is look on the state unclaimed property site if you get contacted by somebody. First of all, when somebody contacts you, don't feel you have to respond to them right away. You can take their information and check them out. Some states require have very specific requirements to be a finder. A lot of people are doing this out of their garage. They have listings on Craigslist. Avoid that. If you're if you're going to do it with somebody, at least make sure they are a legitimate business. For example, um, in Florida, the requirement is that you have to be a license, licensed as either a private investigator, a CPA, or an attorney. Mm. Good. <laughs> and um, the other thing is some of the states have time limits. For example, the listing has to be in state possession for at least two years before a finder can approach you. And most of them, but not all, have limits on finder fees. And that's all in the in my book in the section on um, the individual states. Now, the problem with finder's fees is that um, they don't apply in the pre-asheet phase. And what that means is, sheet is the term when the money gets turned over to the state. In the pre-asheet phase, it's kind of like that gray zone in between, okay, the account hasn't had any activity, and we need to do um, due diligence and try to find this person. And this is especially true with stocks. So what they do — and there are third-party companies out there that handle this for the brokerages and stuff and such — they advertise to them, "There's no fee for our service and only a modest fee to your policy hol- to your uh, shareholder." Well, that modest fee is usually about 30 <laughs> percent.:
0: Yeah, modest. So
1: mm-hmm. So I, I don't really think that's a modest fee. Um, I I helped a lady who was contacted by a finder and her stockbroker called me because he knows me and knows what I do. He said, can you help her? She has $325,000. She can't find it. It's from her husband's estate. And this guy wants a bird to help her get it. Hmm. So I spoke to her. I gave her some search tips, um, some ways to try to track it down. And I said, if nothing else, Wait it out, because eventually it'll go to the state and you can claim it for free, and that 's what she did, thus saving more than a hundred thousand dollars in finders fees
0: Wow wow, what a gift
1: for her! Yes, she was very grateful so
0: well you know um, in your book in your book, you talk about two point five million claims totaling two point two five billion were paid. In 2011, as a uh, result of the state unclaimed property efforts, incredible, correct. Incredible. And every amount. state,
1: every state takes in more money than they pay out. I don't know of a single one that has paid out more than they take in.
0: Right. And then they just keep it. And are, are they putting it in other funds and spending it on other projects, and you yes. know, borrowing from like they do Social Security?
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, for example, Oklahoma has a, a bill before their state legislature to take 40 million dollars out of their unclaimed property fund mm. to use it to finish an Indian museum. Now, if everybody in Oklahoma files their unclaimed property claim, they're going to have to make good on that. Right. Um, Nevada took 10 million, 10 or 11 million out to bring new business to the state. They took it out of their unclaimed property fund. So there's really kind of a disincentive for the states to actively search for you because they're using the money and they keep the interest on the money too.
0: Right. Incredible.
1: Well, California so has almost 7 dollars
0: billion. Doesn't surprise me. And they probably already spent it because they're in bankruptcy, so. <laughs> yeah, right. And there's so um there's just the world just generates these scam artists and and these different people that, you know, like you're saying, how are you going to recognize these scams that, you know, I've that, how
1: are you going to know if someone's honest
0: or not? That you- there
1: are some definite red flags to look for. The first one is if you get any correspondence that says very official sounding that it's from the National Association of Unclaimed Property Administrators. That's a big red flag right there. That is the professional organization that the unclaimed property administrators from each state belong to. Think of your doctor and the American Medical Association. It's the same type of thing. You aren't going to have the AMA contact you with your lab results. The National Association of Unclaimed Property Administrators do not contact you to tell you that there's money in whatever state. So big red flag right there. The next one is if they ask for any type of Uh, banking information. Never give your banking information out, ever. Um, And that should just be common sense, but when it sounds so good and so real and you really want to believe it, Mm -hmm. it's it's easy to fall prey. If it comes as an email, that's another red flag because the states are not going to contact you by email because they don't know for sure that it's you. Right. Now, some states will allow you to sign up to get email notification when a name matching yours comes up, but you will have initiated that. So that's the difference on that. If you get referred to someone else, another red flag, the states do not outsource this to anybody else. They handle their own claims themselves. And the last one is, if there's a fee to file a claim, Legitimate companies do not charge you up front. Never pay for an online search, never pay up front to get your money. Ever.
0: Hmm. Wow. So what about uh charities and churches? Are there is there a lot of hidden money in in a lot of those structures and yes. organizations?
1: Yes. I was—I just did an interview with Mary Lou Henner. She was on um, Celebrity Apprentice, and the charity that she played for was the Alzheimer's Association. So I thought, hmm, I wonder if I could match her $50,000 in unclaimed property for the Alzheimer's Association. Oh, cool. And I only checked seven states that, that showed the dollar amount. That's so close. But once again, I only checked seven states. And I found... Wow. And one check alone from the state of California was for $25,000. Oh, my
0: goodness.
1: She was blown away. There is money for charities and churches everywhere. I just went to the National Publicity Summit in New York City, and there was um, a producer there from, I think it's called New Evangelization TV. It was all about the Catholic Church in Brooklyn. And I said, I bet I can find money for the diocese. He said, really? Huh, I'd like to see that. Uh-huh. So I did. I found two listings for the Brooklyn Diocese. The only church I know of up in New York is uh, St. Patrick's. I found money for that. I found money for the Catholic Charity of St. Vincent de Paul. I found 364 listings under Catholic. So, wow. And this can apply to any type of church. I'm just using this as an example because that happened to be somebody that I, you know, I'll prove my point to. <laughs> right. So do people, do people hire you to do this for them or? No, my goal is to teach people how to do this. I do speak professionally to organizations. And mm-hmm. um, like you said in my intro, um, I usually find money for the host organization, which <laughs> always makes them happy. <laughs>
0: sure. I'm sure. So it. Is a lot of this money from people maybe that passed away that wanted to leave money to a charity or or a church?
1: Um, well, some of it can be. And the thing with the charities not knowing about this and not looking is if somebody made a large or even a small donation and it goes unrecognized, that may turn them off from ever donating to that organization again. So it's really important that, People involved with charities, I mean, especially with the economy, I don't think it's it has recovered yet. People are not donating donating the way they used to, right? And they're still struggling. It yeah. takes minutes to look, and you have nothing to lose by looking. When I was looking at people to invite onto um, America's Money Class with Susie Orman, that was the show was going to tape out of California, and I thought, what about let's do a charity because I'm, you know, always do, trying to do put the good karma out there. Right. And so I looked up just randomly, just no particular reason. I'm not affiliated with any. I looked at the March of Dimes. I found over $22,000. This is money that's just sitting there. Imagine the good that that could do. Really? And then I looked up Special Olympics. I found $16,000. And I'm sure those amounts have each increased, because nobody knows to look. Wow, boy, you could just
0: be a, 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 you know, a service just to do that. That's just so neat.
1: I, I mean, could write a book. <laughs> you could write a book <laughs> and help millions of people. <laughs> well, that's my goal—is to to help millions of people. And this is not just limited to the United States. There are several foreign countries that have um, missing money too, unclaimed wow. property programs.
0: Wow. So this is you know. We'll have to hook up here. I have a lot of people say, Well, you know, I don't even have enough money to save for retirement. You need to get the little book of missing money by Mary Pittman so you can know and right and find out because there's probably something for everybody the way you're making it sound.
1: Yes, and definitely look up deceased relatives. Once again while I was while we were trying to find people to invite onto Susie's show. So many that we came across with the high-dollar listings uh, turned out to be deceased. Wow. So there's a lot of money for deceased people out there. And here's one of my search tips from the book. If you're looking up a deceased relative or ask for the last name, enter estate of, the estate of, EST of, both with and without a period, the EST of, beneficiary, um, executor, Put those different terms in there, and it will pull up listings. In California alone, just entering a state of will bring up almost twenty-seven thousand listings.
0: Wow, boy, that's pretty it's staggering. Amazing. That is incredible. <laughs> so, but somebody passes away and and then leaves something. Well, where is the money sitting? I don't quite understand that. It's
1: it's in it's with in. California, it's with the state comptroller. Okay. John Chang.
0: Okay. The comptroller. Right. Yeah. Interesting.
1: So, what what could I do to prevent my money from getting turned over to the state? Well, that's what we were mentioning before about um, ask for your utility deposit to be refunded. Now, wow. okay. roll over your IRA um, to a, a to something that you're going to keep with you. Because so many times, you know, what if your company goes bankrupt? Then how do you track down who the IRA or the 401k was with? It's just so much better and so much more efficient for you to have everything basically in one place, or at least, like, not more than two. I have my own personal IRA, and then I have the 403b from work. And it's much easier keeping a handle on both of those things as opposed to... um, every job that I've ever had.
0: <laughs> right, right.
1: So wow. one of the things people don't realize is, let's use the example of uh, Washington Mutual, a too-big-to-fail bank but did. Mm-hmm. The FDIC insures your money but not indefinitely. Mm. Here's how that works. Let's say you had, I don't know, $500 in a savings account there the FDIC will write you a check for that amount. If it gets to you, fine. If not, if you moved and the check goes back to them, then they turn it over to the state where the bank is incorporated. In this case, it's California. If they don't have your address or if you had a foreign address at the time, let's say you were serving in the military in Germany or whatever, then the money gets turned over to the state where the bank is incorporated. I'm sorry, I am mixed that up. Um, if they know, if they had an address for you, it gets turned over to that state. If they didn't have your address or you had a foreign address, it gets turned over to the bank where the state is incorporated. So technically, you might have money in a, a state that you've never lived in. It's held there for 10 years. After that, it gets turned back to the FDIC, and you lose all right to it. Wow. How many years is it? Ten. Ten.
0: Mm-hmm. Whoa. So everybody always thought that they had this huge five hundred thousand, you know, benefit of that they're backed, and it's only good for ten years. And a lot of people right. have. Wow, that's incredible. That's really a good fact right there. Even though the FDIC is basically broke, and every hundred dollars it has is has about fifty eight cents for everybody's $100. <laughs> I don't know how they're going to pay all these debts back. I think they have to wait till after China gets paid back, right?
1: Well, the FDIC has missing money, too, as does every branch of the federal government, Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, Coast Guard, um, Homeland Security, CIA, FBI, uh, Social Security, Medicare, and the Internal Revenue Service, and anything that begins with Department of. Hmm.
0: And so uh, it's just missing because people are
1: taking it or no it's it's held on the state unclaimed property sites. Oh. Incredible.
0: Boy, you you hit a gold mine here, it sounds like. <laughs> really. <laughs> and you've had some quite I mean, you found missing money for Justin Timberlake and Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs>
1: Yes, I'm actually on the second round of missing money for Whoopi. She claimed her first bit, and I found some for her through her production company. I was talking to one of the producers from The View, and um, so I looked her up again, and she said, Whoopi doesn't need any more money. I said, well, regardless, it's hers. The point is, these people have people who do nothing but manage their money. Mm. And if they can have missing money, then people caught up in the busyness and the chaos of everyday life can certainly forget about a utility deposit or a check that went through the wash, <laughs> right. or a refund that they never got. Right. And
0: what what about a bank, what if you've had a lawsuit with someone? Maybe you've even won a judgment, but then you've never people that weren't able to get the money. But the people ran, or they hid their money. Is there any hope for those kinds of people to get those?
1: Oh, yes, especially like in a Ponzi scheme, those people will inevitably have money eventually show up. Now, it may take about three or four, three to five years for it to show up on the state site, but inevitably, they're going to have money on the site. For example, um, somebody in Florida, his name was Scott Rothstein. Um, I was watching CNBC um, American Greed, and he was the, the featured Ponzi artist. And I said, God, wouldn't it be great if I could find money from him? Um, and I did. So I notified the attorney who was representing the claimants. And <laughs> he was stunned. He said, how did you find these? One of the listings was for safe deposit box content. So hopefully that was really good. He was going to notify the um, whoever was in charge mm-hmm. of the case. And hopefully they, they seized whatever was there. But um, even things like like child support.
2: Mm.
1: If your ex-spouse is behind on child support payments and you find a listing on the state unclaimed property site, mm-hmm. bring it up to the child support enforcement people. Some states allow it to happen automatically. Other times they, they need a judgment to seize that money. The story that I did with Good Morning America, um, I found the woman on the summit... Uh, Summit County site, and it evidently the listing gets updated only once a year, so the listing I found was for just under $5,000, and when Elizabeth Leamy from Good Morning America went to her house with the Summit County prosecutor, that amount was actually $8,100, but what it turned out to be was, since her ex-husband had come into some money, some type of monthly income they were garnishing $332 a month, and she was going to get that amount every month for the next six years. Her total take on that was over $31,000. Oh, gee. (laughs) And this was even though her kids were grown. What the prosecutor said was, child support never goes away. Did she have to go back to court
0: to get it? I mean, to be able to...
1: No. no, because the prosecutor was already garnishing that money from him. Oh, and so the prosecutor was keeping... They were keeping it.
0: See.
1: Yes, and she said, um, we've been holding it for you because we couldn't find you. And I thought, oh, come on. I found her on whitepages.com. It's not hard.
0: <laughs> oh, that's great. You're blowing away all the myths here about everything. That is awesome. <laughs> well, again, everybody... Mary's going to give you the first chapter of this cool book, Finders Fees: To Pay It or Not. So you want to go to her website, and and I assume that's marypitman.com, Correct. No, it's the little book. No, it's the little book of okay. Missing money.com. There Go. Okay, the little book of com. Already in the third edition, and do you you probably you probably are on the road a whole lot. Do you,
1: do you, you must have a lot of people reaching out to you. I have a lot of radio interviews that I do and I love doing radio because I never know who's listening. Right. And I everything from 2500 people in Shelby Montana to the John Tess radio network with one with like I don't know 7 million listeners. Right. I right. love radio.
0: Yeah, and the neat thing now about a lot of this radio um is like we go out we go out to 400 you know, terrestrial, but we also were on Stitcher, which goes out to millions of people, and it's evergreen, so it'll be there yeah. for a while. Awesome. Yeah. I want to help as many people as we can.
1: Absolutely.
0: This is really fun, Mary. I'd like to, you know, I'm definitely going to think about how to incorporate this and have you back again because there's so many things that you really can help people with. It. This is really so cool. I, I haven't, I got your book. I haven't had time to read it yet it's definitely going to be on my when I'm on the airplane only time I get to read <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I
1: understand that you can You'll relate be stunned it. at the number of places that that you can search that you know people just wouldn't think of um you mentioned if you had a lawsuit against somebody another one is victim compensation funds is um in the courts when somebody's uh, i mean restitution funds in the courts when somebody is to, supposed to pay restitution in most cases, they don't have the address of who they're supposed to pay the money to. So there is money there, and you can Google your state name and restitution fund and find details for that. So um, I'm
0: sure that some of our listeners might not know what restitution fund is. What, what okay. is a restitution fund?
1: Restitution fund is, let's say, um, somebody vandalized your house, just okay. for, you know, something simple. Um, and they were ordered to make restitution to cover your expenses to, to fix whatever happened. Um, there can be money in this restitution fund and the courts don't know where to get it to.
0: Hmm. Okay.
1: But well. they're pretty much indefinitely until until you claim it
0: and and then you then you also you know this is another one the investor claim funds and i see so many retirees come in my office and lost 40 or 60% or or were in some of those you know ponzi things and they don't even they can't even research on the internet how is there anyone that you would recommend that i let's say i ran into someone that that really needed some help and i don't do this so, Would you recommend anybody, or should I have them call you, or what would you like?
1: Um, I tend to only help if they have run into problems. I Uh won't do basic searches for people because there's so many ways that that somebody's name can be looked up. And a lot of people are just simply lazy. Hey, look me up. Yeah, right. You know, no.
0: Yeah.
1: But if somebody comes across a specific problem, I'm happy to try to help them with it. Um, I
0: was basically speaking of a lot of elderly people I talk to that don't, right. they're not even on the internet, you know, so. Right. Um, um, Nash, excuse me, that's that's great.
1: Really, really, I think you're doing such a great service for people. And thank you. I'm really proud of the third edition. There's there's lots of information in there.
0: That's really cool, and... and um, We'll kind of have a few minutes left. Maybe you could give us a few little cherry on the top for everybody.
1: Sure. Um, Let me think for a minute. Okay, some of my search tips. I mentioned the um, estate of, or the estate of. You can do things like under the last name, enter Mr. or Mrs. or Mr. and Mrs. Write out the and, or use the ampersand, the little symbol, and it will bring up listings. And when I first came across that, I thought, why would somebody do that? Because nobody's going to look for that as the last name. And then when I saw it listed, it reads Mr. and Mrs. comma John Smith. So it looks like, like the way an envelope would be addressed. But the thing is, nobody's going to look for it that way. You can use, if you have a professional designation, such as MD, DDS, DMD, DO, whatever, you can enter that under the last name. And it will pull up listings. Once again, how can this happen? Nobody's last name is MD. <laughs> yeah. But that's the way they list it. And then the name is all under the first name. They're
0: listing... You mean they're listing what's available?
1: The or, listing of their... They're their, their listing on the unclaimed property site. Correct. It's listed... I found something for one of the local dentists. It was listed DMD under the last name with the first name of Chris. And I knew the address, and I thought it was the brother of one of the pediatric dentists. And sure enough, that's who it was. He would have never found that otherwise. Hmm. Wow. Nice tip.
0: Okay, so, and then the estate of, that was another one. Right. Get your um, utilities back. You're down. What other tips, like, say, people that are really running out of money that you could share with people besides um, the utilities?
1: That's that's probably the best one, um, and that one will usually take, like, at least one billing cycle. How long it takes to get the money from the state site depends a lot on how much um, publicity has gone on in the state Um, at any given time. The more publicity, the more claims it generates, and all of the states handle it in the order that it's received. So you have nothing to lose by searching and possibly a fortune to gain, or possibly enough to just put gas in your car. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Right. But You know, it's money that's just
1: sitting there. There's $41.7 billion held by the state, and that is not new. That's not a new number. It's not a recent number. They only update that once every four years.
0: Wow. Wow. Well, that should get everybody a little excited if, they, if they're if they bored and don't have anything to do.
1: <laughs> and if they're a- older people and they don't yeah. want to search, have mm-hmm. your, your grandchildren look for you. It's right. unclaimed.org. You can right. check any state you've ever lived in
0: excellent unclaimed.org
1: Mary this has been very delightful
0: I really appreciate learning about all this and thank you so much I hope it was helpful to your to your listeners I'm sure it will be and and anyone that is listening if you want to go ahead and send in any questions you may have um down the road we'll we'll do this again maybe with some with some participation with the audience um you can email me at chris K-R-I-S, at com, And then we can, you know, have some more dialed-in questions for Mary since she's had this amazing experience. And again, to get your free chapter of The Little Book of Missing Money, you want to go to the website, thelittlebookofmissingmoney.com, and she's going to give you a free copy of her first chapter finder's fee to pay or not to pay. You just go to our website there, and you can go to my re- website, readyforpretirement.com. I have a free article on the three myths of financial planning, so when you do get that money, you want to have it safe. You don't want to gamble it away in the stock market. I like to have safe places where don't lose a dollar. <laughs> so Mary, it's really been a pleasure having you on our show, and we'll look forward to talking to you
1: again great i look forward to it i love challenges and questions so bring them on <laughs> all right
0: well thank you so much and you have a blessed
1: day thank you you too chris bye-bye
2: dude, 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 I'm out you can't take the curve at 85. My whole life flashed before my eyes. I braced myself to leave this world behind. As a million questions raced across my mind. Did I live? Did I love? Did I matter to someone? can be a voice of inspiration And my story finds you well Cause when the curtain falls There ain't no second chances And you don't wanna ask yourself Did I live? Did I love? Did I matter to someone? Did I give everything I had to give? I'm mad at it